Hello and welcome back to another Tap Talks HR podcast. Today I am talking to Tatiana Rosen, lecturing coaching at Henley Business School. Welcome to the podcast, Tatiana. Thank you, Anthony. So today, Tatiana, we're talking about ageing at work. Um, so talk to me initially about what we mean by ageing at work. Well, ageing at work is, is it's much more than being old at work or... Um, getting to that stage of life is much more about a process. The reality is we tend to not to take into account we're aging from the time we are born. So um, when we are younger, and I'm sure you are <laughs> very young, so um, <laughs> we, we, we have just, just the right level of energy and, and time, so we don't feel the effects of the aging process until we get to midlife and beyond. But the reality is everything we do, it adds to a pot, adds to a pot either of resources or to a pot of risk. And as our energy levels and, and other things in life start to take the toll on us, then we realize what we have in that pot. And, and, and then there's realization that we have choice or we have a bit less choice based on that part. That's interesting. So, so probably people who saw the title of this podcast before they started listening to it were thinking we're going to be talking about 50 and 60-year-olds um, and their transition towards retirement. But actually what, what we're saying here is actually ageing is a process that, that's all the way through and actually how you deal with those life phases mm. and, and throughout your entire career actually impacts all of your career kind of thing. So we need to be stepping back and thinking of ageing at work as a much more broader concept. Yes, definitely. It's much more broader. It, in one of the things to think about when you think about aging um, at work is that, or out of work as well, is that what's the ideal situation? What's the ideal position to be when you are older? So that is to have choice. It's not to have a particular good pension or to retire and go to the Caribbean, even though it sounds really, really appealing. Um, but it's to get to that stage and say, actually, I have choice now. If I want to carry on working, I can work. I'm fit. I got the skills. If I don't want to work anymore, that's fine. I built some funds. I can do something else. If actually I want to start a rock band because that's what I fancy doing now, I can do it. But you can only do that if you accumulated enough resources to give you choice. If you don't have those resources, then your level of choice really declines. And then what happens is that you are in a situation that you have to um, accept a much more limited range of things to do. And that's a, that's a really interesting concept. That actually, you, you have a career to enable choice. And actually, I don't think anyone's ever said that to me. That's a really fascinating thing. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, is how does that fit this, this concept of an uh, aging in the in work and everything into the new world of work that we're currently in. We've just moved into the 2020 decade and everything uh, it still seems the same as 2019 outside, but actually the pace of the world of work is changing. So how does aging fit into that? Well, that becomes an even more important topic to think about. We have, if you, if you think about careers and you think about careers in the past, we would start our working life as, as an apprentice or as a junior or as a graduate, um, in a graduate position. 
And over time, over a number of steps, we went up somewhere with a golden watch and, 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 and a nice party and that was it. <laughs> so all we needed to do is, in a way, and I'm not underplaying anyone's career by any means, but keep our head down, do a good job and just carry on. The reality is that the world has changed now to something a bit much more fluid um, sort of landscape. What we do now is not the same what we're going to be doing three years time, five years time. And the speed of change is, is getting faster. So it's not enough to do a good job. Actually, you have to start to become a bit more proactive to adapt to what's going on out there. The implications of that is not only on the set of skills and the fact that we have to continue to learn new things and be in tune with what's happening in terms of are these skills in demand or not anymore or what might be in demand later on that I need to learn, but the fact that we need to look after our health as well. Because if you don't have a minimum level of resilience, we can't be adaptive. You can only adapt if you are feeling well enough within yourself to do that, despite the amount of skills you might have. So, so really, um, for the sake of an analogy, whereas careers used to be like a feature-length film, now it's like almost an, a number of episodes all joined together because we're going to be expected to move from, from job to job and career to career. So actually, we need to feel confident in ourselves to be able to do that because I know sometimes when you move careers that actually you have this feeling of am I up to this can I do this so actually if you build that resilience I suppose during every job every day as part of your aging at work then actually you'll have more confidence of your skills and your resources when you move yes definitely that that and I'm glad you touched on the point of confidence because mm -hmm. I think that becomes a very very important thing when you're managing yourself in this changing world and you're managing your own aging and you want to have choice at the end of the line, not the end of the line, but let's say <laughs> on the other end of your career that you decide what to do then, you have in a way to, to take control of this, this different elements that are important for you. And these are what? Your needs as a person, as a human being, the things you value, the things are important for you, the skills, a knowledge, well, I do have these skills, I don't have these other skills, and that, that's fine, that's cool for now, but I might need to have a look into that and see how does that work with, with where I'm going. So, and, and they have an understanding of who you are as, as, as a person, is your sense of self, your identity, and, and how does that fit in, in other domains, in other environments. One thing that's growing a lot in the literature and the research in careers, and, and I do have an interest in careers for obvious reasons, is that it's not enough to know what you want to do in terms of um, skills or, or, or abilities or things that you might be good at. What you need to know is the person you are. Because if they know the person you are, which includes soft aspects and hard aspects, then you can place yourself when the scenario changes. So if the scenario changes, you can look around and say, oh, I can see by knowing myself, that's where I'm going to fit. And then you can easily guide yourself towards that direction. 
if you don't have that sense of self and that understanding of who you are, what's going to happen is you might end up doing things you're not very good that will hit your confidence or compromising your health and well-being because you're doing things that are exceeding in, in effort than, than, than what you're prepared to do. And then the consequence of that is that when you hit your midlife and beyond, you start feeling the effects of that. And I'm not saying not only on your career, but even in yourself as well, in your own health. Yeah, because uh, it's interesting because there's some evidence that um, that actually if you have high stress or strain in, in your work, actually the physiological effects of that can be many years down the line, actually, can't it? So you're, what, if, you, if you're not fitting yourself into the great best career for you now, you'll actually feel the physical effects of it much later in your life due to various reasons so so i like that i, I like the fact that um the needs and knowing yourself i think it's um that's almost like motivation isn't it so it's about knowing myself and knowing where i'm going that then gives me the drive to to go there and a purpose kind of thing and a sense of control um uh, so I, I presume a sense of control is quite important in the in the aging career process as well Oh, definitely. It's interesting that when I think about that, the knowing yourself and knowing your needs, and we take it back to this parallel between old careers and new careers and, and where we are now, it, it goes hand in hand with that idea that I'm, I'm, I hate doing that, but I'm going to carry on doing it because mm. I know I'm going to finish soon. And then I can finally be happy and do something else. And the reality is by putting yourself through that hurdle of doing something you don't enjoy, you don't feel capable of, or you lack the skills or the confidence, when you get to that particular point, golden point in time, you just don't have any more the passion or the energy or whatever it takes to pursue something you enjoy. And I know it sounds a bit too romantic to say, oh, we go and pursue things we love and etc. And I'm not um, encouraging people to, um, to throw away the, the, the sort of the logic of their decisions. But think about how much you putting yourself into a position of weakness by allowing yourself to follow a particular career or, or, or have a particular setup in your working life that's not really working for you because when you get to your 50s and 60s and it's very likely we'll be working until our 80s you're going to look back and say why didn't I change that a bit earlier one and I think that's that's interesting isn't it because um, there is the prediction now that people entering the workplace um, will now probably work until the age of 80 so that's a 60-year career we're talking about. And the feeling of staying in the same role or even the same sector uh, or the same profession for 60 years just m makes me feel quite ill, actually, thinking about that. Um, so there's got to, it's got to be, there's, it implies, therefore, that actually people in the workforce will need to be always building their skills, building their resources, because there will be needs to change careers, whether it's forced on you through restructuring, mm -hmm. or whether it's actually your decision because you've been in this role for 20 years and you've got 40 more years to go and you want to do something different. But you can't, as we see in the workplace, it's very hard to make a complete jump. So actually you need to plan your career to actually be able to do this. And then, as you say, that links to your well-being, really, doesn't it? It does, it does. And it's, it's, it's interesting because for 
and I know there are a lot of people out there that like to be free spirit and don't want to be planning everything. It, it sounds really daunting. How can I plan everything until I'm in my 80s so I can have this control over my career? And I would say, actually, the, the research, all the information we have out there is not telling us to control to the minute, but have a sense of awareness of are we building resources? We're always losing resources as well, but are we losing the resources we actually don't need or should I be a bit more careful and, and make sure I'm not losing them too fast? So it's almost like having a, a having a look in your pot of skills and pot of resources and saying, um, am I current? Am I, do, I, do I know where I'm going for the next few years? You can have a goal in your mind for many years' time, but because the world of, of work changes so much, then actually, as long as you're equipping yourself to be, and I, and I before we start recording, we used the word agile with a little a um, on this, and adaptive, then actually you've got your best chance to have a career that's closer to what you want and therefore have your choices at the end. Yes, yeah. yes, and, and have your choices at the end and having the potential to do whatever you like because you preserved yourself through mm. the course of your career. It's, it's interesting when you think about this idea of the resources that we are accumulating is, is, is thinking I'll give an example. Mm -hmm. You have when we have those very hard weeks, which probably it's we, we're going to be getting soon to that time of the year that we have to do really long days of work. So if you do a week of long days and we don't manage to go and exercise, or we we can't cook a proper meal because it's the pressure is high, that's fine for one week. If that's a pattern that carries on for too long, alarm bells should go off because that will have a long-term implication on your health and your well-being. And it sounds something so small. It's just that one week, it's just that one month. But it's very easy to let that derail to a point that affects us in a way that there's no, no way back. And there's always, a way, there's always ways to improve our health, but the reality is once we lose something, it's very hard to regain. Mm. That, that that's that sort of uh, health factor yeah. and and to, i mean we're verging on well-being here and 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 mental health and physical health and how they're all combined together and it reminds me of the the the, the model around psychological stress um, around job demands control and support and the, the fact that you can have a highly challenging job with large job demands but as long as your level of feeling of control your perceived control is quite high as well it's when you don't have it and I think sometimes when we're in work and we don't see our next move we don't feel like we've got control and therefore we got we're working long hours and that is bad for our mental health and our well-being and therefore later in life for us so actually what we could be saying is actually by keeping your eye on your career and actually keep on developing your skills be it listening to podcasts be it uh, attending university courses or business schools or just actually growing your knowledge by reading a book in your spare time actually that gives us that feeling of more control because we feel more confident in our own skills therefore we can deal with work pressures because our stress levels are lower because we feel we know where we're going to a degree i 
you touch on the skills and I think that's again is a big part. I, I, I've spoken a lot about health, but mm -hmm. the reality is that two things go hand in hand. Because if you know what you're doing or if you have confidence on your skills or, or you know you got all the tools you have to do your job, actually you're overall going to feel better about, about it. So not only you future-proofing yourself because you're getting ready for all the challenges that will come your way that you don't know about because we don't know how the works, world of work is going to um, move. But you as well have more control of your day-to-day. -day. So this is a very important area. And what we see is generally, as people go through midlife and beyond, they start dropping out of, of or they start letting go of this idea that they need to renew their skills. And as people get more confident in their work, they find that well, I actually, I've seen it all. I know it all. I don't need to develop. But then you stop developing things that might be slightly on the side or out of the box that actually can give you a huge edge and a, a, a huge, um, would say, add to your innovation and, 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 and sort of what makes your work more exciting. Yeah, and, and I suppose it's, it's, again, comes back to confidence, doesn't it? Because if you're doing some learning skills on the edge of your your work kind of thing, different things, it's still making you feel more confident about what you're doing because the addition of skills does that, the addition of knowledge kind of thing. It's, it's, we're kind of heading now really back into the world of work with regard to organisations because skills development and, and, and careers, these are things that quite often drop onto the lap of the HR leader or the, the, the line manager or even the CEO and organisations. So what do you think... Um, what do you think our HR listeners would um, can do about this this concept of, of aging in the workplace and, and keeping yourself fresh in, in skills and everything? Well, one thing that's just great I see out there it's a great move of helping people that are older, over fifties, to keep up and continue at work. But I would say it's very important to start much earlier than that. So it starts by encouraging people to engage in, in, in training, in learning, in shadowing, or learning about different parts of business, or looking after themselves. There's this great interest for the organization that people look after themselves. We, we have, I'm sure there's uh, better stats than I have, but a level of absenteeism or presenteeism of people that are not well within themselves. So there's a, there's a great rationale to do that. and and. For people that went past that stage of midlife, so hitting their 50s, or maybe you can say midlife's a bit later now, but that, that's a philosophical <laughs> debate, um, making sure that, that they are on top of it. There's quite a lot of research done in Finland about older workers and their older workers at the time was age of 50, and they were trying to keep them at work and keeping them productive, and what they're doing is having a huge assessment of how they were working, the skills, the health and so on, and then redesigning the work accordingly to make sure they could continue working for longer up to the 70s. And, and the reality is when you get to the 50s, you might actually be completely fine, completely yourself, but you're not taking into account the hazards of your own job or on your sort of ability to sustain that for, for a bit longer. And you're not taking consideration that you might start being a bit complacent about your learning and you might not be as 
enthusiastic about learning. So again, for managers and HR managers, it's just giving people a little push to, I know you're doing great, but why not try that and, and invest the same attention and care as you would invest on a fresh graduate in terms of keeping up with their learning and, and, and so on. Yeah, because I mean, if, thinking about the, the the age point, if you're 50 years old, you've got as much career in front of you potentially as behind you. So actually, you've still got 30 years worth to an organization, we're saying, in, in the years to come kind of thing. It's, and it's interesting because it's almost like building on a psychological contract between organizations and people, isn't it? So the organization has a, a, a responsibility to create the environment where people can readily access uh, things to develop their skills or opportunities. They're, the line managers are, are, are trained so they can actually support development of their people. But then there's, there's the, the responsibility of the individual uh, of self to actually have that kind of purpose to actually I will take responsibility to actually do that learning and to grow myself continuously as the world of work changes in the 2020s and beyond if you're listening to this podcast and it's the 22nd century tell me if I was right or not um, but I think this, there's this kind of balance isn't there so it's not the organization's role and it's not the individual's role it's both roles both have a purpose here Yes, yes, it is it's a responsibility of the individual, but it's a responsibility of the company to create the space and the environment that, that's conducive to, to that. So um, another very interesting thing in the area of aging research that is coming up recently is the idea that if we label ourselves as old, or I'm old and I'm like pretty close to be done, then my tendency will be not to do things. But that, that stereotype of I'm old came from somewhere and is perpetuated in a particular environment. So if you work in an organization that doesn't value and doesn't invest in you uh, from midlife and beyond, you will internalize that perception that actually I'm on, on a road to, to, to leave here very soon, the investment stopped, and that silently nudge people to let themselves go. So basically, if we, if we kind of start labeling people in our organizations, whether that's actually or perceived labeling, then actually people will start behaving like the label that's been associated with them. And we could say that about any demographic, couldn't we, inside of the workplace? So it's, it's interesting. And I, we, we're almost done here. I mean, time's zoomed past here. It's, I was just wondering, have you got anything, last comments that you'd like to pass on to our HR people about what they can do or, or, or something they could think about uh, when they finish this podcast and they go back into the workplace, what's one thing that they could do? The one thing that's interesting to think is, is even though we don't take that in consideration, we all age differently. So people are very different in where they are at different stages of life. So it's very hard to give a blank sort of uh, advice that will apply to everyone. But pretty much pay attention to how much people over 50, I would dare say, are engaging with their learning, are engaging with their health, and, and how much they are taking control of their resources so they can be productive, they can be engaged, and they can be a great asset to the company. 
That's fantastic. And what I've learned today is actually uh, ageing at work is actually something that happens the moment you enter from leaving school right the way through to retirement. And actually there's an importance for everyone to develop themselves so that they feel in control of their careers. And that control then leads to actually a feeling of, of good mental health and well-being, and which then leads on to physical health kind of thing. So it's kind of all connected all the way through. Tatiana, it's been amazing talking to you. Thank you very much. It's been really super interesting. The time has flown today. So thanks for doing the podcast. My pleasure. And thanks to everyone for listening. Um, you can find out more about our other podcasts, our white papers, forums and blogs um, around the world of HR at tapsolutions.com. But that's it for now. We'll be back soon. Bye. Bye.